We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the J episode. I am your host, Jahans Madiga, a.k.a. 12, a.k.a. Canadian Red Bull. It's that time of year. Biggie's tournament is right around the corner. I got two very special guests with me today. Before we get into it, though, I make sure that you like and subscribe to Field of 68 Media Network to get content such as this. Make sure to like that, subscribe that, share that with all your friends and family to listen to some more J's content from me, uh, Jahans Maniga. All right, guys, this is our guest number 19 and 20. First time in a Welcome to the J episode that we have two former alumni, or not former alumni, two alums, former players in the J with me. Uh, they're both Craytonians. They're both homegrown in Omaha. One was a West Side Warrior. The other one's been a junior J, but they're both Blue Jays at heart forever and always. I got my man Ross Farini back and Taylor Stormer back into the J with me. What up, boys? How you guys doing? What's up, Big J? Oh, yeah, what up, 12? Taylor, what's good with you, bro? Taylor, new father. How's life going for you, bro? You, you sleeping oh, yet or you got a good sleep cycle going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. No, it's going really well. She just turned uh, just turned five months old, man, on uh, yesterday, which is crazy. So um, getting getting the sleeping thing down and starting uh, starting the whole food process. But she's amazing. So I appreciate you asking. That's awesome. That's great to hear. I need to come. I need to come meet uh taylor's little girl yeah ross you need to you better bring some gifts man you better i know i need to come meet i need to come meet your little girl because i just met dorworth's little guy on sunday oh that's awesome yeah Yeah, you gotta you gotta do the rounds roscoe you're i know i gotta you might as well do it i know i gotta do the rounds i've been meaning to we i've talked to taylor about it a few times i just that we just need to nail down a a time when the the baby isn't napping or needs to be fed and is and so, is, is ready to see visitors a finite amount of time there's like this much time in the day Ross. I know. yeah you're not giving yourself much leeway there ross like if that's what the criteria is not napping not sleeping yeah like, i, mean, come I on. went i i was at dorwich for literally like 10 minutes the bait like it, the baby just 
um, his little guy, Jew, just looked at me and just started like crying. So <laughs> I was like, all right, man, I'll cut your guys' hair. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Uh, I love it. Let's get into it, boys, because obviously we have a big week coming up. Uh, the Jays finished their Big East regular season game last uh, or on Saturday, I should say, against DePaul, being them 84 to 70. Uh, that allows them to be the third seed in this upcoming Big East tournament uh, championship. Uh, big game from Trey Alexander, 21.6 rebounds. Uh, he's been playing at a really, really high level these past couple of games. So has Ryan Nemhard, who joined him with uh, 20 points and 11 rebounds for R2. Uh, a little bit of foul trouble there for Kalkbrenner on Saturday, but he finishes up with 20 and 4. Those were your three real standout Blue Jays for the year. Uh, now they'll face the winner of either Georgetown or Villanova. How do we feel about the way that the Jays ended the season? You know, that they, they had a chance there to get back into the race to be at the top of the Big East standings. Um, but they finished strong beating Georgetown and Nepal, although both those teams aren't, you know, respectfully the best talent that the Big East has this year. But you know, they're still able to still able to come out with two convincing wins to end the regular season to head into Big East play. Taylor, I'll have you answer first. How how do we feel about how the Jays ended their season? Yeah, I, I think I mean, in all reality, they're two great get right games, right? We we saw offensively what Creighton is capable of doing against Georgetown uh, with, with with all the threes that were raining in the first half specifically, and then uh, mm -hmm. to go on the road and, and play it to Paul, uh, you know, while while it's not the most boisterous crowd, is always difficult to to go on the road anytime, and it was just great to see them get continuity back, as you mentioned, Jay, in that last game against DePaul, right? You had three starters that all scored twenty plus points, like at you can't really ask for much more offensively. Uh, they held DePaul to 29 points in the first half, which is great on the defensive side. And, and now they're looking forward to what's probably going to be an extremely tough matchup on Thursday night against Villanova, you know, it, assuming that Villanova beats Georgetown tomorrow. Don't count those Georgetown Hoyas out in the Big East tournament. A couple of years ago, Crane did that and oh. got absolutely drummed in that Big East tournament finals. Ross, same question to you. How do you feel about the last two games for the Jays? Yeah, um, I you know sort of on the same page as Taylor. It's nice to you know get kind of two get right games to to end the year. And you know obviously they jumped on Georgetown early, and so you know we really haven't seen a ton of games this year where all five starters have played really well in the same game. You know, it, it seems like it's, you know, three of them or two of them or four of them, you know, play really well and, and maybe one or two guys um, really kind of miss the mark. And so I think that, you know, that gives me a level of bullishness going into the into the postseason, especially as I look around the landscape of college basketball. And I and I say, you know, there's not there's not really any dominant teams here. This is about as wide open as it's been um, for, for any seed one through you know, six, seven, eight to, to make a deep run as it's been in a long time. So you know, I, I look at, you know, some of these top seeds and none of them really scare me if, if you're a Creighton fan, quite frankly. Um, you know, UCLA is probably the best team I've watched. Uh, Houston obviously does some very, very good things. Um, but, you know, some of those other teams on those top seed lines, you know, have struggled, you know, have had their struggles as well. So I think if we can really, you know, fall into a nice groove here and obviously, you know, in the tournament, it kind of just depends on, you know, your seating and, and your draw and how, how that all plays out. But, um, you know, got to, got to show well in, in, in New York first, I, I would assume that we're playing Villanova, but 
you know, it's a weird thing. Like, you know, Georgetown is an extremely talented club. They've got some guys that can really go. They're just, you know, at, at this point is Georgetown completely checked out. I, I can't imagine that they'll, they'll beat Villanova, but who knows, maybe they'll surprise us. So if it is in fact Villanova, you know, that they've been a tough matchup for us this year and, they're a little bit of a different team with the healthy Justin Moore. So we'll see what happens on, on Thursday and kind of just go from there. I definitely also think that Villanova will end up being our uh, opponent for Thursday's game for sure. But it's just, again, like in those tournament type settings, you just never know. It's one and done. What if it's Nova's yeah. worst day of the year and then Georgetown just somehow picks us as team there. So you just kind of never know, Ross. You did yeah. say something there, though, that I kind of want to pick your brain about just a little bit more about the landscape of college basketball as a whole and how open it is. Like we've never seen such parity in the top 25 eight people from week in to week out, like top seeds were going down left, right and center. Uh, Blue bloods were in and out as much as any other team in the nation. Um, So what do you think like that stems from that that's created such parity for this particular year? And I feel like really since going back to when Baylor won it all a couple of years back, like that's kind of been like how uh, college basketball has been looking where you, you never really have like those four five, six teams that we were really high on that. were like, okay, these are national championship caliber teams. Now it's a lot more open to like almost like 20 some teams have the rights to say, Hey, if we have a good three weeks, like we could be as good as anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think the simple answer is the transfer portal. Um, and you know, you look at it, I mean, just as an example, you look at a team like Providence, they, they've done a really good job in the transfer portal and they've, they've been able to bring guys in that make immediate impacts. And so, you know, you could get, you know, you can get a kid from, you know, a, a former five-star recruit, um, that plays at a, a place like Kentucky, like a Bryce Hopkins for, for Providence. And, you know, he was, he was a bench guy at, at Kentucky. He got some minutes, he, he did some okay things, but you know, he comes into Providence is in this, isn't, and is a star right away. So I, I think a lot of those moving pieces and kind of the quote unquote free agency of, of college basketball that's happened has created a lot more parity. Um, and it's just, it's, it's an interesting year. It's just, you know, it's sometimes it's not always going to be, you know, if you look throughout history, it's not always going to be just the top four or five teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, a lot of years it is like that, but there are some years that that do kind of look like this year. And, you know, it, it's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at Ken Palm's rankings right now. UConn is fourth in Ken Palm right now. They're the, <laughs> they're the fifth, they're the fifth seed in the Big East tournament. Right. I mean, I mean, what a, what a weird deal that is. And, you know, in Marquette, who's had just a banner year, you know, they're 13th in, in Ken Palm, um, you know, they're behind us and UConn and they're the one seed in the tournament. So it's just, anything could happen here um, kind of coming down the stretch. I think a lot of it is shooting variants. Jay, you and I talked about on the, that on the first pod and especially, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned it too, especially when yeah, you get into one and done, you know, conference tournament, NCAA tournament territory. I mean, teams start to really clam up a little bit and it's, you know, if, if you catch a team on a hot night, even if you're a much better team um, you know, you better have some weapons to combat that because it can get, it can get real interesting with upsets in a hurry. Taylor, I'll have you weigh in on like the transfers and, and how that's affecting the landscape of college basketball. Yeah, that's the transfer portal has just completely changed how quickly teams can rebuild. I mean, it, Ross hit it perfectly. I think Bryce Hopkins is the perfect example of that. I mean, you take a team in Providence that it probably was underwhelming at the beginning of the season, right? On paper, you're like, oh, I mean, they're not that good, right? And then you get to see Bryce Hopkins play and no one can guard him, 
right? And it's just like that changes the game and now frees up all the other guys on their team to just knock down open shots and play defense. And so, I, I, I mean, Ross spoke to it perfectly. It's just it's so fun and it kind of all kicks off really today, right? I mean, even last week, I guess, in conference tournament play, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that this week is better than, you know, the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament, but you've got nonstop action from uh, 10 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, every single day this week and weekend. And like, it, it's so fun. And now you get to see who's going to rise to the top. There's oh, a- I was, I was locked in this morning on, <laughs> on, uh, on UMass. Oh, UMass, UMass Richmond? UMass got smoked, smoked. by Richmond this yes. morning. And then we, we, we went into Loyola St. Joe's mm-hmm. and, and, and we've got a little bit of Louisville Boston College right now. No, you're right. I've I've been watching a ton of these uh, low major and mid major yeah. tournaments. Which, by the way, shout out to our former assistant D Rock and his son. I was waiting for a good time to plug it in, man. D Rock did the damn thing. And Ross, that kind of goes Crazy. to what you were saying. Like Bradley, number one in the valley, uh, all year long, right? And then Drake, who's number two, not really like that much lower of a level than Bradley. Obviously, like they're right there neck and neck with each other. But Drake was a hot that day. Bradley couldn't yeah. throw a yep. uh, brick in the ocean. And before you know it, it's a 30-point game. And you're like, this is a championship, like, this I know, is a tournament championship game. You know what I mean? So I, I'm right there with you on that. And we've seen a lot of one, and especially in these smaller tournaments, there's been a lot of one and two seeds that have gone down early. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a game I was watching the other night. Eastern Washington started uh, Big Sky play, I think, 16-0. and 0. They ended up losing a couple of games there down the stretch, but they were they were far and away the one seed in that conference, and they lose uh, on the very first night to Northern Arizona on a buzzer beater. Uh, there's yeah. been a bunch of there's been a bunch of different examples of that. Um, you know, UNC Asheville barely escapes. You know, they had to come back down from 14 oh, to like a nine seed Campbell. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just the the shooting variance makes college basketball really really difficult, and so. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm pumped for the next few weeks. Campbell, the Campbells. I remember having to play them in Omaha. <laughs> and they had that one super freaky athletic dude. I don't know if you guys remember his name, but oh, uh, uh-uh. God, man. One of their best <laughs> players this year is a Central grad, Omaha Central kid. Oh, Omaha's yeah. everywhere. I'm telling you, man. Y'all sleep on Nebraska prep? Yo, <laughs> I'm telling you. High school is on the rise in Nebraska like no other. Uh, let's get back into some biggies talk for sure. Uh, congratulations to the following guys. On the Blue Jays, who got some uh, honors this week, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, who's the back-to-back uh, biggies defensive player of the year. He actually also won the Field of 68 National Defensive Player of the Year for our network. So congratulations to Kalki. Honorable mentions uh, in the biggies go to uh, Baylor Sharman and Trey Alexander. I know Ryan Nemhard is looking at that and he's like, y'all snubbed me out somewhere. Like I should have been <laughs> something. So obviously we're a very biased podcast here at the Welcome to the J podcast. So I'm going to say that, you know, everybody in the starting five, at least deserves some sort of consideration for honorable mention, second team, first team. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention Ryan Cockburner also got first team uh, all biggies too. Uh, so Taylor, I'll start with you on this question. Who has been like the Blue Jay that has really impressed you throughout this season with all the ups and downs that the team has had to go through? Yeah, I I think right right now it's uh, it's got to be Trey. Uh, I mean, he's just taken his game to the next level. I mean, we've we've heard this our entire basketball careers, just growing up playing hoops. Is like, 
okay, you've got a great freshman year, and what comes next is that sophomore slump, right? And you've got Nemhard and that could have fallen into that situation. You've got a guy like Arthur Kaluma in his second year who's kind of struggled. He's been hit or miss, really inconsistent. Uh, but I think you've seen Trey really start to rise above and beyond what the expectations were. Um, or at least meet the expectations that we all had for him before the season started. And, you know, when Creighton plays well, it's because Trey Alexander plays well. And, and it's not necessarily him going out and scoring 25 a night, but it's his defense on the opposing team's best player. It's his him rebounding. It's his ability to you know, facilitate the offense without turning the rock over. And so when he has a good game, Creighton plays well, and he's going to have to be huge over the next couple of days in New York City. We saw how good he was down the stretch last year, especially in the Big East tournament. Yeah. You had R2 go down in that St. John's game with that broken wrist. Trey gets in as the lead guard. We, the wrist is kind of history as far as what he did, how well he played down the stretch, had a killer NCAA tournament as well. So we all know kind of what he likes to do when the lights are bright and, and the spotlight is on. So I, I'm with you there. Uh, the Jays, like when Trey is playing really well, the Jays become – a team that nobody in the nation wants to see for sure. Ross, same question. Who's a Blue Jay that has really impressed you throughout this year, despite all the ups and downs that as a team we've had to endure? No, I mean, I've got the same answer. It's Trey. Uh, Trey's a guy who, you know, the, re the one of the main reasons that I am still very, you know, bullish on this team going forward for the next few weeks is he's, he's a guy that you can go get the ball at the end of the shot clock and say, we need a bucket. And he, <laughs> he'll deliver. I mean, he's, he's got a mid-range. He, he's obviously shown an ability to shoot a three, you know, shoot the three ball at a high clip. He can get to the rim. He's he's long. He's he's just got the body type to to go get a bucket for you. And so uh, another guy that's actually really come around the last few weeks that I've been very impressed with is Ryan Nemhard. Um, you know, Ryan. You know, if you want to compare him to, uh, you know, I I always find myself doing this, and I probably shouldn't, but I always want to compare him to Marcus Zagorowski, and they have a little bit of a different game, but. Mm -hmm his his shooting ability obviously isn't what Marcus's is right or was right and so teams play us in ball screens a little bit differently than than they used to with with Marcus and so it's harder it, I feel like it's been harder for us to get lobs uh to Kalkbrenner this year because a lot of you know a lot of guards are going under screens on on Ryan Nemhard and so it's just it's just mm -hmm. clogging things a little bit more and making things a little bit more difficult but I I think that over my point is I think that over the past few weeks Ryan's shown an ability uh, to shoot the ball at a much at a much higher clip uh, and that's going to be really key going forward. We're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, a couple of times at the Paul game, he definitely accepted the fact that they were going under, just calmly stepped back and knocked down some crucial threes, especially in the first half when they were pulling away there. They had a stretch there where 
you know, they were up eight, the Paul calls a timeout. Before you know it, you look up, the Jays are up 18. Um, And then back to Trey Alexander's point about, you know, playing well when, you know, things get uh, tough a little bit. A couple of times that Paul was, you know, threatening to get back into like a single digit game and who did Matt give the ball to in the situation? Trey, let's go high ball screen. Let's see what happens. And, and go get yourself one. And to your point, Taylor, about him being able to get into that mid-range area and just knocking him down consistently. A lot of those shots that he takes, I'm telling you, I take some of those shots in games now. Those are not easy shots, fitting to your left, fitting to your right with the defense draped all over you. He kind of makes it look easy sometimes. And, you know, that, that just goes to, like, his ability, number one, but also, like, what the work that he's had to put in this offseason. That's something that Coach Mack always uh, is high on him about is the work that he saw him put in uh, this past summer to get to this point. So uh, I'm definitely right there with you guys, too. Again, Trey Alexander was someone that I was really impressed by. Taylor, you kind of mentioned Arthur Kaluma's sophomore slump. I'm kind of uh, – I know that he's the type of guy that, again, when the lights are bright, he just likes to show out. Let's not forget what he did in the Big East tournament last year and what he did in the NCAA tournament last year, too. Like, you ask a freshman to be thrown in that kind of situation, and then that's how he performs. But let's not sleep on Kaluma and, and the things that he could potentially do for the Jays these, these next couple of weeks as well. Uh, the Jays were projected to be first to start the year. They ended up being third in the Big East, and I know we're kind of, you know, we're splitting hairs here a little bit, and I I don't mean to be this guy, but do we have any right to say that this has been a little bit of a disappointing season for the Jays? Ross, I'll have you answer that question first. No, I don't think so, because there's still, um, I I think we still have a few three, four weeks here to to potentially look back and say, like, if if we end up making, like, an Elite Eight Final Four type run, I think most fans would would take the fact that we kind of had some up and ups and downs, right? Like if mm-hmm. you could trade one of the two, like at the beginning of the year, if you said we're going to end up making the Elite Eight or the Final Four, but there's going to be some head scratching moments during the regular season, <laughs> like losing the Nebraska at home, losing the BYU, uh, yeah. you know, going on a six game losing Arizona streak. State, yeah. yeah, you know, all those things. Like, would you take that? I think unequivocally, every single Jays fan would say, "Yeah, I'll take that," right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's you kind of got to take it um you know with a little bit of a grain of salt um you know there there worked through a lot of things I I think the bench you know the bench production uh was a big topic of conversation for for a long time there um there were a couple of couple of injuries and some things you have to work through every program deals with that though but I I don't think it, it was never going to be as smooth as you know the preseason rankings wanted it to be for everybody like we were never going to go 30 and five I mean that's just in my in my opinion (laughs) that's just unrealistic uh especially when you place those types of expectations on the team before they had played one game together with a guy like Baylor Shireman coming into the fold I I just thought that was always unrealistic to begin with so um we'll see how the next you know next few weeks plays out but I I think we still have a chance to look back and say this was an an all-time great team I would say expectations for sure are tough and they're tough to live up to for sure. And as much as kids try not to see all that stuff, I mean, it's this day and age, bro. They're on social media. They see oh, everything yeah. that's written and said about them. It's impossible not to. Yeah. Yep. So to your point about like if Jay's fans would trade away like the head scratching moments to start the year for like a, if you told them like there's going to be like a uh, elite eight, maybe even final four team. But I think like if you were to say that to, the average Jays fan, they would assume that that would also come with a Big East regular season championship. and yeah, perhaps right, right. So like, that's why I'm saying those two things kind of don't go hand in hand. But again, this would be the year with such parity around the, 
the NCAAs that, you know, something like that could happen. Taylor, I want to ask you the same question. Like, do we have any right to say that this has been a disappointing season thus far? I mean, the one thing I keep coming back to is the fact that, I mean, since Mac has been in the Big East, he, he's never fallen below what his preseason prediction was going to be. And and mm-hmm. so, right, being first in the preseason poll, there's really only one place to go yeah. is, <laughs> is to go down, right? And you can make that assimilation across uh, to Arthur as well, right? I mean, you talked, Jay, about his great end to last season in the Big East tournament and NCAA tournament. And that's a huge reason why he was on some draft boards to start the season. And, and when you have that expectation, uh, there, you only have a target. The only thing you're doing is putting a target on your back. And, and so I think you got every team's best shot. And, and now it's anybody's ball game, right? With the three seed coming in, they're going to have to beat great teams no matter what. And, and the one thing that's that does get frustrating, I think, is when you lose a close game, it's like, but yeah, because that other team is also really good. Right. So when you lose a close one to Xavier or Providence or the the one at home against Marquette, right? It's like, oh well, why can't we just pull that out? It's like, well, because Marquette is a really freaking good basketball team, right? They also know how to win. And so I think what you're gonna find this week is just who's going to are are is Creighton gonna take that to the next level, right? Are they gonna say, hey, this last the season is over, right? And now we've got an opportunity to show people who we are and what we've been building on because they have gone through adversity. They have lost six games in a row. Then they went on a nine game winning streak. So it's like they have all of the pieces and now it's time to put it all together um, and showcase that on the biggest stage. Uh, The one thing uh, that I need to say too, is that like the biggest preseason rankings also had market at nine, I think. And Mm -hmm. we saw what they were able to do. Right. So with all due respects, like we do kind of lean on things like that a little bit too much, but it's also at the beginning of every season, we're just so excited that basketball is back. Anything that catches our interest, we just kind of cling on to that. And I think obviously with, you know, the fan base that we have in Omaha uh, and honestly, like around Nebraska too, we saw that the Jays had all these like prospects who, some were on draft boards. We saw their success near the end of last year and everything. You come in with this like high sense of like, okay, this is what they're, they should be able to do. When you go through like a period like that six game losing streak, I think it just kind of brings all those expectations down a little bit. And, and uh, you know, people kind of have to adjust accordingly. But yeah, I, I think I, I kind of fall in love or in line with you guys uh, there too, that this hasn't necessarily been a disappointing season. I think obviously there's still a, a ton to play for right uh one of those things for coach mac personally is the one trophy that has escaped him since his arrival in the big east which is this upcoming big east tournament championship his best shot in my opinion was against georgetown a couple years ago we talked about how that was the jays bad night and georgetown's incredibly hot night uh my team the first team in the big east was unable to capture it because of freaking bryce cotton jesus he absolutely lit us up that day uh, and then last year, how close were the Jays to beating Villanova? You had uh, Gillespie, who was the biggest player of the year, hit a big three down the stretch to really separate Villanova from the Jays. Uh, Ross, I'll have you answer this question first again. Uh, how important do you think this is for Coach Mack personally uh, this week coming up as far as being able to win this Big East tournament championship? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. Um, it, it's a hard one to f- – I don't think it's necessarily like needed for, you know, for Max kind of resume. I mean, it would be nice to have, um, you know, they've got the, 
I, I, I'm personally of the opinion, and again, this is an opinion thing, but I am. I, I think most hoops people would tell you the same that I, I think the regular season's more important. He's already got a Big East regular season title under his belt. I think that's more impressive personally. Um, you know, the you know these these conference tournaments can be very very fickle. You know, it, it's almost like it, it's weird. I kind of I kind of go back and forth with if they're going to lose if they're not going to win if they're not going to win the whole thing, which obviously you don't know going into it, I'd, I'd almost rather lose the first game and just get out of there with one game and not be tired and not, you know, have your hopes up that you're going to win the thing and that you have to play three games in three days and, and all that. But, you know, I, I don't, yeah. So I don't know what to think. I, I don't think it's something that he, he absolutely needs by any stretch, but I think he, you know, obviously he would like to have it. So hopefully this is the team to do it. Rational Ross thinking about the longevity of the days. If we're not going to win the whole thing, let's go one and done. Get him out. Home get him home. The <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> what about you? Do you think like Mac, like this places a lot of importance into men? I need to get at least one of these tournament championships. I I don't think he is is going to come out and publicly say that, but I think we all mm -hmm. know how competitive he is, and internally he you know he's sitting there saying to himself. Right. He's like, I, I need to do this. Like I, we have to get there. Uh, we've been so close so many times, especially recently. It's like, what else do we have to do? And sometimes that's all it takes. Right. I mean, I, you've seen a lot of teams and I, I think of UConn, old UConn team with, with Kemba. Right. They come through storming through the Big East, win the Big East title, and then they take that right into the NCAA tournament. So kind of the polar opposite of what Ross is saying is like, you know, if you can capture that momentum over the next few days and into the weekend and then ride that storm all the way into not only the first and second round, but into Sweet 16, Elite Eight, potential Final Four run like this could really catapult Creighton through the NCAA tournament, if they can prove to themselves, if Mac can figure out how to win some of those close games in these situations, it's like that gives you a lot of confidence going into the biggest time of the year. And now we all know that we've got great guard play. We know we can turn it up defensively. And it's really just about, can we hit some outside shots, right? Can we hit a couple outside shots that either keep us in a game or put the stiff arm out there to finish something off that we all know what they're capable of doing. You just mentioned one of my favorite like NCAA moments, Cardiac Kemba, the beginning oh of that gosh, with our freshman man. Shabazz Napier. Shabazz, um, like you said, like came in. I, they were like the, uh, that was at the time where the biggies were sort of like on a Tuesday night. Yes. <laughs> but they basically had to win five it's games. In 18 five teams days, right? in the league. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had like South Florida in the Big East and stuff. It's like, <laughs> What are we doing, man? Yeah, I still remember that though. It was wild because after that, after they went made that run, I think it was either Kemba or Shabazz was like, "Man, we did all this and like we don't even have a training table, we don't even have food, like we don't oh, have." Right. And then the next, yeah. the yeah. next That's season right. was like, boom! Yeah. NCA was like, "Oh crap, we can't have this happen." And right. so then everybody was starting. That was you know that rolled right into. Now what is NLI? Now look at yeah. Like, now look at these kids at NIL. Yeah. <laughs> now the boys are getting that, that like, One yeah. statement from Shabazz Napier after the NCAA tournament run that they had. It's like, yeah, man, we we didn't have any food. Like I just wanted to eat and I didn't have anything. And then you know, all of a sudden, guys are making half a million dollars ten years later. I, I agree well, with Taylor though. I like I want to clarify. I do think it's important. It would be really important for the the team and Mac and the program 
to hold the trophy come Saturday night. No, there's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Um, I, I just don't think it like defines, you know, max tenure by any stretch. Um, but it is, and- you know, it's a, it's, it's a great tournament. And I, I've said this to every single Creighton fan. If you have not gone, you need to at least go once. It is so much fun. It, it, like the energy in Madison Square Garden is unbelievable. All the different fan bases are there. You're in Midtown Manhattan. It's a complete blast. Um, I think the like if I if you could bury me on on, on the Friday night semifinal games at, at MSG, <laughs> I would be a happy man. Like it is so much fun. So you you have to go at least once if you're a Jays fan. Yeah. And I hope I didn't frame it as such, Ross. That's not. I don't think that's what I meant by my. No, no, you didn't. As as, you no, know, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like Taylor said it best too. Like Mac is so competitive. Like we know that this is one of the things that he definitely wants to scratch off of his list for sure. So uh, he's obviously not going to come out and say like, this is absolutely important for my legacy as a great <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, right. He's not going to come out and say that, but like, I like, and I also forgot like the Marcus Foster led team that went to the finals and ended up losing yeah. too. Right. So it's just yep. been so many opportunities um, and just haven't been able to cash one in. And that is why, like tournament time is just so crazy because like Patrick Ewing comes in and they've basically won two games in the biggies since that has happened. It's crazy. But it's like they were able to capture lightning in a bottle and yep. that makes everything look so much better. I'm sure Patrick Ewing caught it. Like it, it, I don't want to speculate on what's going to happen with Georgetown. That's not in my business. Right. But let's just say they go different ways at the very least you could say like, Hey, I brought my alma mater to an NCAA tournament in a season where we had nobody that's doing so and yeah. we won the Big East tournament championship. So I just always think that that's a feather in the cap that coaches don't necessarily uh, talk about or whatever, but it's very important to each of them individually. I, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'll speculate for you, Jay. There's no chance he's the head coach at Georgetown next year. <laughs> you, you guys heard it from Ross and not from me. <laughs> I will second. I will second that. There is no chance and, that he and can we got the, we got the double down from Taylor Stormberg, yeah, you guys. No right? So, hey, I've got a, I've got a like take for you. Clips. All you guys would like to cut my clips and come after me later. This has been my saying, okay? <laughs> Ross, what were you gonna say? I've got a, I've got a take for you. Biggie's coaching related. Uh-oh. I think Rick Pitino is going to be the head coach at either Georgetown or St. John's next year. Wow, that's my that's my take. That's my hot take. Wow. Here we go. Do we do we still have the uh, sports? What what was the sponsor that we used? To have? <laughs> Let's see if we could get a little sports book on that. Uh, put a couple of dollars on that, and if Patino yes. becomes the coach, I'll be able to win a little bit of money there due to Ross's insight over here. <laughs> uh, definitely want to talk about. We all agree that Villanova should be the team that the Jays play. Uh, in Thursday in their first game in the Big East tournament. So let's just do a little bit of a preview of that game. We saw how Villanova chose to attack uh, the Jays, which is a lot of pick-and-pop action with Dixon, who had a career night that night. Uh, we've seen teams that when they go pick-and-pop with the five, uh, Cockburner has had some struggle with that. We saw Nunji from Xavier do it last year in Omaha. Obviously, Dixon was the latest example. So if you're the Jays, how do you combat that strategically uh, in order to, you know, get the upper end on Nova. Uh, obviously, they'd be coming off of a win against Georgetown. We're all speculating here. But if that is the case, uh, what would the Jays need to do strategically? Taylor, I'm going to have you answer that question first. Yeah, I was I was talking with a couple guys. I was talking with Rob Anderson and John Bishop about this at, at lunch today. It was just, you know, do they come out with the same game plan that they had in Omaha and the same game plan that they had 
in Philadelphia in the first two matchups. And, you know, it's just really difficult because Dixon, you know, historically has not been a great three point shooter, right? He's, he's been sub 30%. Uh, and now what, <laughs> over the last five or six games, it, it seems like he's Ray Allen out there and you're just wondering to yourself, like, is this sustainable? Right. And so, you know, you have to keep caulk on the floor, right? First team, all big East, big East, defensive player of the year back to back you have to have him on the floor but you've got to do a better job at breaking Dixon's rhythm so whether you're stunting or helping uh, from the weak side as he rolls over or you're waiting for Kalk to get back and Kalk just knows I'm running at him with the idea that I'm bouncing back whatever that is you've got to take that away uh, because Dixon is just he, he's kind of owned Kalkbrenner to be honest with you uh, in these first two matchups and it's really because he's been able to step outside and then pick up a couple fouls on Kalkbrenner inside and so I think it's just a tough it's a tough matchup regardless and there's so many other weapons that Villanova has that if you have a stretch five on the floor it's like that's the last thing that you would have to expect to guard but now you've seen it kind of he's kind of torched Creighton especially in that matchup uh in Philadelphia Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Ross, what's your take on it? No, sort of. I don't. I don't have much else to add from Taylor. I mean, I. I think you know, kind of. He mentioned maybe kind of trying to stunt at Dixon a little bit on on some of those pick and pops, and I think he started to a little bit in the second half of that game at Wells Fargo, and he kind of got caught in between a couple of times. But I don't. I, I mean, gosh, I'll be stunned if Eric Dixon makes six threes again. Um, you know, I just. I think you do, you know, Max, a big play, the percentages guy, as you guys know. And I, I think you just, at this stage, you still got to do that. I, I just, I don't foresee a guy like Ken Barry in six threes again. Yeah. Yeah. Mac has always been known to play the percentages for sure. And, you know, when you do that, it, it's a little bit of a gamble where, you know, we used to kind of say, hey, we'll live with this shot, right? We'll live with this shot. Well, sometimes that shot kills you. And uh -huh. that definitely happened against Dixon at Nova. The Jays were able to, you know, beat him at home in a pretty close game uh, where down the stretch, it just were able to make a play or two more than Nova. I anticipated being another close game. Again, another one of those rigid, tough battles. Um, you know, I, I expect Kaluma to play a little bit better. Like I said earlier, uh, it's, it's definitely not, uh, he's definitely not the kind of guy that's going to take this flying down like his performances these past couple of games. So, I'm looking forward to see how he's going to be able to bounce back. And and again, like you just never know, you know, what if instead of him guarding, I'm blanking on the player, uh, the lefty there for Villanova, who doesn't shoot the ball. Slater. Better, Slater. You know? Slater. What, what if, uh, you know, we put Cogbrenner on Slater, uh, allow Cogbrenner's left to kind of roam because Slater is not, has not shot the ball as well as Dixon has and kind of have Kaluma in that situation. You know, obviously Villanova would then adjust and try and, post up Kaluba a lot more. And then that's when the chess match begins. But I'm just kind of interested in seeing how, how two, you know, really good coaches are, are going to play this on. It's, it's just going to be a really interesting matchup. What other uh, biggies first round games? I'm not kind of like the playing games that we have coming up, but the first round potential games that you guys are looking forward to that Providence Yukon game is definitely going to be 
one that we're all going to be paying attention to. Ross, what are some of the games that you're looking forward to watching this week? Yeah, that one's obviously kind of the big one. I think um, I, I wish that game were at night. I think the energy in the garden would be crazy yeah. if that were a Thursday yeah. night game instead Ooh. of, uh, what is it, 2, 2.30. But, um, yeah, that's that's probably the the one that I'm looking forward to the most. It's You know, it's what's really interesting, actually, is we talked about UConn earlier being fourth in Ken Palm, but fifth in our league. You know, they're also, you know, how many times have you seen a five seed? They're the betting favorite to win the Big East right now. Um, you know, it's almost like people have kind of forgotten about Marquette, uh, despite the fact that they've had this, you know, this banner year and the record, you know, is what it is. And they win the Big East by a couple of games. Um, it seems like, it, it, again, just to me, uh, be, you know, being on social media and talking to people around Omaha and uh, listening to podcasts and whatnot, it, it seems like everyone's kind of on the Yukon or, or Creighton train. Um, so does, you know, does Marquette kind of take that with a chip on their shoulder and, um, you know, continue their dominance and, and, and hold up the, you know, the, the trophy um, come Saturday. Uh, that would not surprise me, to be honest. Taylor? Yeah, but that, that UConn-Providence game, I think, is is marquee. Uh, just because I also feel just the location as well. I think both those fan bases, uh, while they be, they're so close to New York City, right, there's just a, like, a Big East kind of, like, feel to that game and, mm-hmm. and it's so fun I mean we've all been in the garden when those teams have played and not necessarily played each other but uh the crowd just shows up right whether they're UConn or Providence fans or just New York City basketball fans like they just love to show up like yep. I can see Jordan Hawkins going off for like seven or eight threes in the garden in that game and the place just going crazy right like that that just like gets you gives me goosebumps thinking about because it's like that's the type of thing that New York city loves to bring out in guys. And it's like, you'd have an East coast guy in Jordan Hawkins coming to New York city, who just, and just tearing it up. Like I could easily see that happen. Or I could see Bryce Hopkins going for, you know, 30 and 15, right. And the, and the crowd just kind of carrying him through that performance. It's, it's mm-hmm. unlike anything that you can find in, in college basketball or really any arena uh, across the country. Taylor, you're going to be doing radio this year. Ross, you've done radio uh, in the past. Guys, talk to me about just you guys have a chance to basically be courtside and watch, you know, the best basketball at the best time of the year. Uh, Taylor, you go first. Talk to me about like what your experience has been like. Obviously, not only just, you know, doing it at MSG, which is its, its own thing, but just being able to like being alumni who has followed the Jays basically your whole life. You've played for Coach Mac, and now you have a chance to kind of call games and, and be right there courtside following the team that you grew up, uh, you know, loving and being a part of. Uh, how cool is that experience? And just talk to me about, like, you know, what you get to see and, and what you've experienced and your chance to be a, a play-by-play guy on the radio. Yeah, I mean, I, I think first I'll, I'll tackle that. Just, like, the MSG uh, garden experience. Like, I, I, it's the – I mean, everyone's always – called it the mecca of basketball right and it it is like the lights are just a little bit brighter right the crowd is a little bit louder like it just seems like there's just this aura and Ross can talk to this as well but it's like it's so cool to be a part of uh because you just have the opportunity to like know all the memories and moments that have happened in that building and now you get to sit courtside and and hopefully have the chance to call one of those um but as far as radio in general and just following Creighton basketball, I mean, this is my, I think the seventh, seventh season, sixth or seventh season that I've been doing it. And so uh, just to like watch the progress of the program, um, you mm-hmm. know, obviously we've been so close 
with Mac, uh, and it, just because we were kind of that first class that came in uh, under his uh, under his tutelage, um, and trying to figure out how to how to manage that. Um, but to watch this program grow um, from being in the old gym, going up the spiral staircase, um, oh, right? Like <laughs> my knees just eating. Oh man, <laughs> like eating at Lansky's, like you know, like it just McDonald's it, breakfast it's, down it's the just, street. <laughs> yeah, and, and to see where it has been and what it's done to help the university as a whole, um, they, it's just so. I, I'm proud to be a part of it, and um, I just hope for all the success for these guys. I know how much work that they put in, um, and they've just got such a great group uh, of young kids. It's like I, I just want to see them be successful. Ross, what about you? What's your experience been like? That's awesome. I mean, I have, I don't do as near as many games as Taylor does, um, but I did Big East last year. I've done, I did probably five or six uh, road games the year that we won the Big East regular season title or shared, uh, and then COVID kind of canceled everything. And that was so much fun. Um, that team had a knack for winning on the road and winning big games. And uh, last year at the Garden was, I've been a Big East, I think five times total now. And that was uh, far and away the most fun time I've had at it. It was unbelievable. It was the first one back, for, you know, kind of post COVID. And um, it, it was just an unbelievable experience. Taylor's going to have an absolute blast and you're literally courtside. Um, and uh, it's pretty tight quarters. I will say that, but <laughs> it's, uh, no, it, it's so much fun. And I, I, yeah, I love watching the guys and, um, it's a really, really, really good group of kids, which I think makes you even more proud to be like an alum of the program. And um, they work really hard and they're really good players. So it's uh, it's fun. And I'm jealous. Taylor's Taylor's going to be courtside and hopefully he gets to do a few games. I love like you guys mentioning, obviously, being so close to the program. Uh, obviously, like we had Lou that was there with us. Mac was there with us. Uh, Murfeld was there with us. Murfeld. And those guys are still um, on the coaching staff. Uh, since then, you know, Mac has had, like we mentioned, D-Rock earlier, who's having great success at Drake, him and Tucker. Uh, we had uh, Coach Lutz, uh, who's out in Corpus, Corpus Christi, uh, or Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I should say, who won the Southland regular season. I think they're actually battling right now, if I'm not mistaken, in that uh, tournament to see if they can get their automatic bid. So uh, it's been really fun, obviously, not to only watch the Jays, but kind of watch like the uh, coaching tree that we've kind of grown up under and see how well that they're doing across the nation too. So yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I'm, I'm jealous though, like having to play overseas. I've never had a chance to experience Big East tournament. I yeah. never had a chance to experience <laughs> a game in Omaha. Like God, yeah, like yeah. that's the thing that I need to write off the bucket list, both those things. But you know, I, one day, one day I'll be able to do that, but it's just, it's not today just yet. But I'm jealous that you guys have had that experience and I can't wait until it's my turn to knock back a couple of brews in the garden, yell at some Providence <laughs> fans as I hopefully watch the Jays win a tournament championship. And that, that must be so much fun. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's amazing, Jay. You'll uh you'll have plenty of opportunities, man. So take take uh take your time, you know, stay healthy, healthy's well, <laughs> and, and then you'll be you'll be able to crush a couple of brewskis with Ross and I. To Taylor to Taylor's point about the like the East Coast fan base. So last year, you know, we, we played the first semifinal game uh and we and we completely boat raced Providence, which was wild in and of itself. And then the game after ours was uh so this is Friday night is when the semis are. So Eastern time, the game probably starts, the second semifinal game probably starts at like 8.39. And it's a Friday night. Uh, right. And it was Villanova, UConn. 
And so mm-hmm. the place is just filled to the rafters. I mean, it was like the most fun basketball game I've probably been to since I was a kid. I mean, it was so loud. There's a million people there. Everyone's drinking, having a good time. It was a great game. Um, so that's why I've always told people, even if, if you go to Big East and Creighton loses on a Thursday, you should still try and go to the just semi, yeah. the semifinal games on Friday night because just to experience the energy in there because it's it's pretty unmatched. And, uh, you know, Jay Wright has actually even talked about that too. He's talked about the weekend games of, of Big East tournament and how the energy in there is um, as good as any he's ever been a part of in college basketball. And it's uh, very, very true. Yeah, for like a neutral site, like MSG is is bonkers. Like there's some neutral sites where it could kind of be dead, even though they try to make it 50-50. Maui right, not right. included, obviously. Maui <laughs> is its own thing. But I think just as a neutral site where there's like legit like 10 fan bases who are all diehards of their team who are in there all packed. And like you said, like the year that we made it to the finals as, as in Providence, those Nova fans stayed behind to watch that finals. You know what I mean? St. John's fans yeah. stayed behind to watch that finals, even though their team, was eliminated. Nova lost in that first round that year to a buzzer beater by Seton wow, Hall. I'm blanking on Seton my guy's Hall. name. Uh, Ashton Gibbs. No. Yeah, Ashton Gibbs. Uh, that sounds Powell. right. Was it was it yeah. Powell? No, no it Powell would have been. Gibbs. No, Powell was. We never played against Powell. Yeah, or my team years after. Against Powell. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, it, it was Gibbs because I remember his brother uh, played at Pitt earlier yeah, that's uh, right. back in the day. Yeah, but yeah I like, remember that. This, those fans like they stay back and they they pay attention and they really want to see so it kind of goes to show that basketball means a lot in the Big East it always has it always will you kind of mentioned South Florida being like a random team in the Big East back in the day Ross what's more random South Florida or Creighton from Omaha hey man we bring a lot we bring a lot more juice a lot more fans a lot more everything to the Big East than South Florida ever did I tell you (laughs) Jay's gonna have hate mail from South Florida fans. Like, how can okay. you throw us under the bus, man? You're gonna there's get like eight, there's like that. eight South Florida fans anyway, so it's <laughs> no. not like it's not like a big thing. This guy, <laughs> I'm gonna oh, get fired, man. I'm gonna get fired for starting a ride on the Philadelphia media Oh, South Florida, Rutgers. Who else? Give me another team that was the biggest that you were like, whoa, you guys don't bring nobody. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some others in that old Big East. Uh, mm-hmm. South Florida is really the only one that was like kind of bizarre. I, like Rutgers fits. Yeah. Um, Rutgers in you know, the Big Ten is actually Geographically, weird. Rutgers fits. I mean, yeah. It yeah. fits more in the Big East than the Big Ten. I agree with you there. Right, right. I, th- I think, I think although mo- for the most part, most of the other teams are, you know, pretty normal-ish. I mean, Marquette's been in the league for a long time. That Marquette went straight from Conference USA. They kind of parlayed that D-Wade. Yeah, that uh, D-Wade back. Yeah. yeah, to to Big East. And they've, I mean, they Marquette did really well in the old Big East, too. Um, you know, those, those are the, those Buzz Williams teams where he was going to Sweet 16, the lead eights. I mean, that, that was in the old Big East. Yeah. Uh, the, that Tom Crean face won when Indiana beat Kentucky at the buzzer at home and then yeah. when Dwayne Wade led him to that final four. I, I don't know why would I think Tom Crean. I just see those two faces like simultaneously back to back. <laughs> but yeah, those Marquette teams like uh were really good. Were really good in their time too. Uh they had Jay Crowder, like they had Jimmy Butler. Like those are really good teams. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. So 
but yeah, man, it's it's so fun to talk basketball with you guys, especially at this time of year, man. It's up. Like, this is the time that you really want to, like, log down and pay attention. After I get off the horn with you guys, I'm going to try and see who's up right now. I still got a couple of hours left before I go to sleep here in, in Vienna, Austria. I don't know what you guys will be doing for the rest of the day, but I would suggest you kind of do the same thing. Just kind of tap in and, and see what kind of fun basketball we where we have playing right now. Um, obviously, we wish the Jays the best of luck in the Big East tournament and obviously in the NCAA tournament too. Uh, you guys who are listening right now, be ready for a preview of the NCAA tournament once this whole Big East week wraps up and we'll be able to talk about the Jays' performance, You know what, what our hopes are going into uh, the NCAA tournament uh, and, and all that good jazz and all that good stuff. Guys, I really appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time out. Taylor, I'll let you have the first word. What, what is something that you'd like Jays fans to know heading into the Big East tournament? Uh, <laughs> I, I just think that they've got to, got to remain calm. Just mm-hmm. don't overreact, right? If, if Villanova comes out and punches us in the face and, you know, if we end up losing that game, like, it doesn't mean the season's over, right? I mean, you really you get a fresh slate starting Monday next week. Like, it, mm-hmm. it does not matter, right? It's like, yes, would it be nice to win? Yes, would it be nice to make a little run in the Big East tournament, right? Like, yes, do we need to be Villanova, right? Obviously, like, we'd love all those things. But the idea is that this team is playing their best basketball next week where they had to whatever site they're going to go to. And, and they're going to have to beat amazing teams no matter what seed they get. So um, I think that's just a, a little word of advice to the Jays fans. It's like, don't, don't overreact if, you know, Creighton's one and done this week. Ross, any last words? Uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking, I, I, I agree with Taylor, you know, it's not, it, we're in a nice position of, you know, sort of a stress-free position of going to your conference tournament, not having to worry about if you're going to get into the tournament or not. Um, or, you know, for some of these low majors and mid majors having to win three games or in three days to, to get in. So it's a little bit more of a stress-free uh, environment for us, which is, which is nice. And uh, I, I think the thing that Creighton fans, a, a positive, even if we do lose in the first round, a positive that you can take away going into uh, the NCAA tournament next week is uh, we have a top 10 defense. Um, on Kempom and by most metrics. And, uh, you know, for a long, long time, we weren't really known, our program was not known for defense. And that's that's kind of flipped over the past few years. And I think that's the thing that can really take us deep into the tournament over these next few weeks is, is our defense and, and that end of the floor. And if we can make some shots on top of that, we're going to be really hard to beat here for most teams in the tournament. Hell yeah, I love it. I like the, the positive vibes from Ross to close it out here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a good week of basketball. It's going to be worth watching for sure. Um, I wanted to say something, but it kind of slipped my mind. It must not have been that important. It's probably going to be a joke about something, but it, it's, I've already forgot about it, so it's all good. Jay, um, Coach Lutz plays in a half hour, by the way. Woo! I'm watching that for Damn. sure. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Throw your shakas up. Uh, the Islanders out of uh, Texas a Corpus Christi. Uh, boys, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Obviously, stay safe. Taylor, have fun doing the play-by-play. Ross, I know you're going to be paying close attention. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you guys a little bit more about some Blue Jay basketball throughout the week with everything that I'm seeing. So, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Stay safe. And, as always, go Jays. If 
you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.